welcome pewter report readers viewers and listeners to a brand new edition of the pewter report podcast energized by celsius the official energy drink of pewterreport.com it is a tuesday episode of the show and if you are a fan of defense you would have loved today's practice because there was not one not two not three not four five interceptions created by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense today in training camp. And luckily for the quarterback competition, it was split evenly between Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield as much as it possibly could be with five, which cannot be split evenly. Three for Kyle Trask, two for Baker Mayfield. We'll break that down. We'll break down the Bucs depth chart. We'll talk about some other big things that happened at training camp today. Another action-packed episode. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me is my co-host that also loves defense and that side of the football. It is SR Scott Reynolds. And Scott, it was ungodly hot out there today, but we made it yeah. through and we're here to talk some Bucks football. Matt, I'm telling you right now, this has the makings of possibly being our best podcast. Now, I'm going to be up front with you, pewter people. Um, it, we don't look the best. This is not our best look we're disheveled we're hot we're bothered not having a good hair day we're a little sunburned a little crispy it was ridiculously hot for like the second third day in a row down here so uh appearance wise uh, not going to be our best but content wise you better believe it so buckle up here we go five interceptions folks that's a lot of picks okay the buccaneers have uh, have now thrown, if my memory serves me correctly, 16 interceptions in practice. Or should I say the defense has taken the ball away 16 times via the air. So uh, let's get to it real quick, Matt. Let's let's look at those interceptions. It was kind of like the, the top item uh, on the Bucks Camp Insider. I'll put that in the chat as well. But here we go. So uh, the, the Kyle Trask interceptions are in red. The John Wolford interceptions are in orange, and then the Baker Mayfield picks are in gray, pewter, whatever you want to call it. And it boils down to this. You, you can skip down to 8-8, which is today. That's August 8th. Devin White kicked things off with the interception of Baker Mayfield. Zion McCollum uh, got his second pick on Baker Mayfield. Then Trask really kind of fell apart at the end of practice, yeah. but there's some context there. We'll talk about that. Todd Bowles kind of you know, filled us in on maybe why some of these interceptions happened today. He was happy to see it. But Keenan, Keenan Isaac, the rookie corner, who actually gave up three touchdowns today. <laughs> but, yeah. but he did have an interception, which was his second pick of camp. Jamel Dean, don't make a scene, had a pick six on Kyle Trask, his second interception of practice. And, uh, and then Nolan Turner also recorded his second interception of practice on Kyle Trask on the very last play of practice. That was a great way to end practice for the Bucks defense today. So here's your breakdown. Baker Mayfield, nine picks so far. Kyle Trask, five, catching him quickly. John Wolfer, two. And your leading interceptors in training camp so far, Servassier Dennis, Zion McCollum, Nolan Turner, Jamel Dean, and Keenan Isaac, each have two apiece. Yeah, and... Really, the only one I didn't see too great was uh, Devin White because that's when the Bucks split it up and the wide receivers were going seven on seven yeah. with the quarterbacks. Obviously, I was watching the one on one pass blocking versus pass rushing, which we'll talk about that a little bit later, especially yeah. 
one offensive lineman in particular that will pique the interest of Bucks fans yeah. everywhere. But the the Devin White play came off a tipped pass, if I'm not mistaken. It, it did, it was, yes. It, it, yeah, it, Ryan Neal. Yeah, Baker Mayfield. This was in seven on seven. Baker Mayfield really did not have a sharp day today. If I'm being honest, I, I, he had a couple of touchdowns, but but it was not a very crisp practice for him start to finish. And this was the first interception of the day that kind of got things going. In seven on seven, he held on to the ball too long and forced a, a throw into a really double coverage. Rakeem Jarrett was the intended target. Ryan Neal, who had two pass breakups today, very good in coverage. One of those pass breakups was a deflection that tipped the ball up in the air. Devin White, Johnny on the spot. And I'll tell you what, you know, listen, we have to be fair. We've got nothing against Devin White. He was a little, I don't want to say invisible, um, didn't make the splash plays at the beginning of, of training camp. But, you know, we had uh, a podcast, what, towards the end of last week? Yeah, where last, Devin, last Devin Friday. Devin came on. Yeah. yeah. Last Friday was really when Devin kind of burst onto the scene, if yeah. you will. I mean, we all know him, obviously. It wasn't like, oh, my God, who's this guy, number 45? Right, right. He likes to get live all the time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Friday was last Friday was really when things started to get moving for Devin yeah. White. He had the blitz sack. He had uh, the pass breakup, the little pushing and shoving match with yep. uh, with Rashad White. That that was uh, Saturday's practice. That got went into the weekend, and then Monday was really when things started escalating more, when he got into yeah. pushing and shoving with uh, Luke Gedeke and Tristan Wirfs, and then brought it all full circle by right. talking about his trade request. I know. And, uh, you know, and how he's ready to move on, and he feels humbled by everything. So it's been kind of a whirlwind for Devin White the past yeah. like five or six days in the in Bucksland in, in right. the Bucks community. But you know, the arrow's what? pointing up though for that guy. Yeah, he's that that to really pick has, up steam. That tornado picked him up a little bit. Yeah, spit him out, and he's in a much better spot than he was really. Uh, you know, all summer long up until now. Yeah, for sure. And so it was good to see uh, Devin get in on the INT uh, action. Servasia Dennis, his fellow inside linebacker, uh, has the lead with with two in that group. Levante Davis had a couple opportunities and has yet to come up with an interception. It's kind of been um, a little bit of a theme for Levante the last couple of years. He's dropped some interceptions that have been costly in games. And he's got great hands. You go back and look at his his uh, career with the Buccaneers. Yeah. He's snared you know his share of interceptions. But Levante needs to take a cue from Devin here and get his hands on the pigskin as well. But overall, a, a very good day for the Buccaneer defense. They've been stressing getting those interceptions. They've been talking about it, and they do come in bunches, right? There's like a couple of days where yeah. the Buccaneers did not pick off a pass, but Matt fired the day, and it just seemed like once Devin White got the interception. The defense just kind of rose up, rose to the occasion, and started just grabbing those those balls out of the air. I think they were a little tired of everyone talking about the quarterbacks and oh my god, Mike Evans is doing better than ever, and oh my god, Raheem Jarrett is the darling of training camp because he's an undrafted free agent and he's playing so well. The defense has had some good days, but they really took the bull by the horns yeah. in today's episode and one or today's practice, which we're talking about it on this episode. One last thing about the linebackers, Scott, something yeah. that you kind of pointed out that we were discussing after practice. And, and maybe it's just a training camp thing. We'll, we'll see, especially when the games get here, the preseason games, if this is still kind of a uh, 
focal point of the Bucks defense. But yeah. you said that you had noticed that the Bucks linebackers were playing a lot more zone early mm-hmm. on than the typical man-to-man, which, you know, got Devin White in a little bit of trouble last season or really just with his career in terms of if there's little knocks on Devin here and there, one of them was pass coverage in man-to-man. And we, we kind of both talked about that. What is Devin White best known yeah. for? His speed and being able right. to move around. So having Devin, and we know Levante David, he's got the game instincts better than anyone yeah. else in the league. He knows how to move and anticipate things. But Devin, putting him in situations where he can just read and react versus yeah. like, you know, get a little over-pursuing when, when covering somebody or, right. or, or getting a little too much in his head. Him playing in that zone defense helps him specifically with using his speed to his advantage versus yeah. overdoing it a little bit too much, and it led to an interception today. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And the thing about zone coverage drops when you're a fast linebacker or an instinctive one, right? Devin White, fast. Levante David, instinctive. And I think Servassier Dennis kind of in between those guys is you drop back in coverage, your eyes are on the quarterback and whatever's flashing in front of you. And so it just gives you that opportunity when you're playing some some, sh- some shallow zone drops to read and react and, and pick off some of those passes. When you're playing man, sometimes if you're chasing a running back out to the flat, if you're chasing a tight end out to the flat or on a vertical seam route, you're in maybe the trail position and you're looking at your defender, seeing where he's going rather than the quarterback. And then sometimes – the ball just comes up on you too late and you have a chance to maybe break the pass up, but not get the interception. So I think this little switch this year and we'll see, it's not going to be exclusive. It's not like the bucks linebackers are never going to play man coverage, yeah. but, but going more to, to zone, I think that's benefited. Certainly Sebastian Dennis, he's jumped a couple of routes and, and it certainly allowed Devin white to, to be Johnny on the spot, see the ball, you know, he was closing in on it. Ryan Neal was in coverage. He had the tip pass and then was able to to snare it. Devin uh, White did and and record his first interception at camp. So, um, you know, Todd Bowles always tinkering with this and that. And we've talked about it before. It bears repeating that the emphasis on defense is and dropping the points per game down to 17 points per game. That's that's where they want to be. No, allow no more than 17 points per game and. Uh, you know, come away with with more takeaways, more interceptions, and 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 play the run better. I have a lot better run defense yes. that's really slipped. And it's funny because I asked Tristan Wirfs, there'll be a training camp diary, Tristan Wirfs training camp diary tomorrow morning on PeterReport.com, and I asked him about uh, does Dave Canales have any goals uh, that he has said for the offense in terms of points per game or you know yardage points they want to hit run, rushing the ball or whatever. He said, nope, the only thing that Dave talks about is limiting turnovers. Yep. That's it. <laughs> That's, Don't turn the ball over. That is the only thing they're talking about on offense because when you turn the ball over, you are effectively ending a scoring drive for your team and you're giving the opportunity to score to the other. So that's the big thing. And that's why... Dave Canales, not a happy camper, I'm sure, right now with these interceptions. But it it does bear repeating. Let's put some context to some of these interceptions today because Todd Bowles uh, did talk about that towards, uh, you know, I should say, in his press conference after practice, and he kind of you know gave some context to these these passes, right? Yeah, he did. He said some of them were uh, situational type of uh, 
ongoings in the game or, you know, if it was a fourth down moment or a fourth and goal, those type of things where you have to get rid of the football. So you were going to throw it anyway. Like, yeah. for example, I, I think a good example of this is Baker's other interception, which was taken away by Zion McCollum. It yeah. was a red zone situation. Now, granted, he was looking for Mike Evans and, Right. I'll never argue or disagree with the concept of screw it. Mike Evans is somewhere and, and <laughs> right. throwing it. But uh, Baker had to get rid of it quickly, especially because there I believe there was a blitz coming off of the other side. And he threw yeah. it towards the left side of the end zone. And yes, the ball could have been higher because Zion was able to track it a, a little bit better and, and go up and get it versus yeah. if it's even that much higher. Mike just says, oh, I'm taller than you. You can't right. jump that high. And I go and, and make the play. But yeah, I think the context is important in that situation because it wasn't like Baker just saying oh well yeah Mike's covered but he's still yeah he's still Mike Evans so I'm just gonna throw it anyway yeah there were, there were a couple of those throws and I think that that um Nolan Turner pass at the end of, yeah. of practice for sure was one of those where they're literally practicing last play of the game like you, you're in the red zone it's fourth down or it's it's the last play of the game on the clock and it's either touchdown or you lose right so so the the quarterbacks did have to throw the ball and force it into the end zone, and I think it's reminiscent, really, of that David Njoku play, right? I mean, the Buccaneers, yes. if if they stop the Browns on fourth and goal, uh, if if Devin White can break up that pass rather than allow Njoku to go up over the top of him and, and catch that, that game does not go into overtime, and the Buccaneers do not lose the game because they win it with that stop there on fourth down. So that's really the situation they were practicing. It was very similar to that end of Bucks browns regulation. That game, of course, went in overtime, and the Browns won it. But it, it's practicing that. It's making the play on defense, right, to prevent the loss or the overtime from happening. And then on offense, it's trying to win the game or force overtime, as the Browns did. With the touchdown. So it's kind of do or die moments there. But you know what? Those interceptions count just as much because if there were touchdowns, we'd count them, right? Yeah, exactly. So we have to count the interceptions. It's the same kind of situation. So, um, but yeah, but that, again, that, that does remind me because the Zion interception right after, I, I want to say it was Antoine Winfield Jr., but someone right after was like, that's game. That's yeah. game. Like they were yelling because they were hyped up about it. And yeah. Because, yeah, it was, uh, you know, no time left on the clock. And yeah, that's a great point about how. They were seconds away from beating the Cleveland Browns yeah. and one more stop. And, you know, then maybe the Bucks go nine yeah. and eight. And again, with Todd Bowles, who might be on the hot seat this season, depending on mm -hmm. how things go, especially in the first month, you look back at his first season, huh, winning season, nine and eight. Okay, you won the division. But, yeah, yeah. just a little bit different. Yeah, uh, at the same time, as Zell Bunny said, picks or picks, can't sugarcoat it. We're not sugarcoating it. I mean, listen, I'm a defensive guy. I love interceptions, and it yeah. pained me just as as a, a guy who loves watching defensive football to see the interception total in, in Tampa Bay drop from 17 in 2021 to 10. So the emphasis is there to take the ball away. I think this is a little shot in the arm that the Bucks defense needed, and uh, it, it's a good thing. Th listen. There was a couple of days where there were no interceptions and the quarterbacks were throwing touchdowns. So exactly. this is the give and take that you want in training camp. This is not the death knell for Kyle Trask or no. Baker Mayfield by any means. But at the same time, it's it's team football. So somebody's either winning. Either the quarterbacks are taking care of the ball and they're throwing touchdowns and the offense is winning or the defense has a daylight today and, and they're winning. But it wasn't all 
you know, um, roses for the Bucks defense because as good as the Bucks run defense played on Monday when Will Golston was just living in the backfield, Matt, the Bucks offensive line and the running game really came to life today. Had one of their best practices as a unit, as a cohesive unit. And I think I saw more from Rashad White today than I yeah. have in all the other training camp practices combined. And that's not a knock on Rashad White. It's just really difficult to give a fair analysis with all sides of it when you really can't. I mean, sure, you can't hit the quarterback. That's why Baker Mayfield's in in that creamsicle orange right there. But yep. you also really don't hit the running back that much, especially right. when the Bucks are trying to avoid a Ryan Jensen 2.0 situation where offensive yep. lineman gets – tangled up but you really saw especially with the zone blocking today how Rashad White with his patience but more importantly with his vision yeah he'll be running one way and then just take a nice little cup cut a little whoop and uh shout out Chris Berman and just uh you know take it to the middle linebackers and to the secondary and make a five-yard run into a 15-yard run you really saw a lot more gelling of the offensive line and marrying it to the run game, which, as we know, is going to be super important this season. And regardless of what happens with Ryan Jensen, you know, Cody Malk has been getting a lot of um, a lot of praise for coming yes. along in the right way. I think Luke Gedeke has still been very up and down at times. Yeah. I, I think the jury's still out on it's Luke a work Gedeke, in progress. Clearly. I've liked what I've seen from Matt Filer so far, especially in one-on-one pass blocking today. Mm-hmm. I know we're talking about the run game, but Filer, I've thought, held his own uh, in, in his responsibilities today. And then, of course, the man on the graphic right there in that photo, Tristan Wirfs. Um, I, I, I truly I understand and I appreciate everything that he had to say recently about his own fear of failure. Yeah. But I just don't, I just don't see it. He's, he's incredible from the left side. Yeah. Looks like he's played there from day one. And yeah, it's only going to benefit that man right there, Rashad White, who pick him up in fantasy football if you can, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. You know, it's funny. Here's a comment here. And Matt, you and I were talking about this in the media room before uh, we left for the day and got into our incredibly hot cars and drove home in the incredibly hot temperature. <laughs> Thank God for air conditioning in that yeah. building, man. But um, Danny Lyon, yeah, I agree. Reading between the lines, it seems PR, or at least Scott and Matt, are slightly in Baker's corner, but overall have been pretty objective. We have, you know, on, on a daily basis, whether it's it's in camp, on, on Twitter, you know, here in the comments, and we love you, Peter people. We're not yeah. we're not knocking anybody here, but but it's just funny how when when we report on the day's events, right? We're taking a snapshot, we're taking a, a picture. Yes. Like with the Polaroid camera of of today, like this is what happened today, and we shaking it and we're looking at it and saying, okay, this is this is what transpired today. Now tomorrow, we we don't know what's going to happen. All right, tomorrow's practice, it could be a completely different picture, and and we'll take that picture, we'll analyze it, and all of that. But we're not in anyone's corner, right? I mean, um, I from a journalistic standpoint, there's a story with Baker Mayfield being the quarterback. There just is mm-hmm. right. Kind of the, the veteran journeyman coming to Tampa and, you know, last, you know, shot maybe before becoming the next Andy Dalton or Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston, you know, the, the former first round pick who's now just a, a backup because they've run out of starting opportunities. Um, but, you know, Geno Smith was kind of in that boat and then look what happened with him in Seattle and the bucks are hoping that maybe that happens with Baker Mayfield. 
At the same time, the Bucks are also hoping that Kyle Trask, when given an opportunity uh, in this system, uh, cashes in on, on that second-round draft status and becomes uh, a legit starter as well. And that in itself is a story, Matt. So um, either way, there's a story in Tampa, and we're looking forward to covering it. Uh, we're not deciding this quarterback race by any means, and, and we don't really have any any dogs in, in, in the fight here. We don't have any – uh, any favorites for this? Um, I think Kyle Trask has greatly improved, and I'm excited about that for him and for this organization. And I'm kind of excited by the the, the swagger and the um, the playmaking ability and some of those wild deep shots that Baker Mayfield will take and make. And uh, and I think too that that that's pretty compelling. So um, I, I'm just ready to see these guys go in action against other teams in the preseason games and that's where it's going to be sorted out yeah i'm sorry i'm trying to scroll through and see some of the comments of like anything we said that baker did yeah and people are like you're so biased uh <laughs> or as something contrasted everyone's like you're so yeah. biased trying to protect baker and then we say yeah. something that baker did everyone's like you're not even allowing kyle trask to like have an option in, in this right. battle you're seeing it both ways both on our YouTube channel, on yeah. social media, and I do love your people, but I, I just yeah. want the record straight. Yeah, I personally do not care whether it's Baker or Kyle Trask, right, that wins the starting quarterback job, or John Wolford for all. Or I John Wolford, yeah. I yeah. want the Bucks to do what they feel is in the best interest of the 2023 Tampa Bay Football Buccaneers. Yeah. So whoever wins it, may the best man win I that agree. job. Best of luck to both of them because yeah. you know what? All I really want more than anything is to get some of my sayings off the ground, whether it's let Baker bake <laughs> or trash time. I have one for both, so I'm good right. either way. But exactly. Yeah, I, I want the Bucks to make the right decision, whether that's Kyle Trask or whether that's Baker Mayfield. I just hope they get it right. That's what I want yeah. out of this. Yeah. I, I, well said. I, I'm with you right there. And, and the fact, too, that we have fans of of each quarterback i think that's great actually i think it's great it, sh it shows us that it tells us that we're doing our job right if if you've got one faction of people that are the trask yeah. fans you know <laughs> saying you know you're you're for baker and then the baker fans are saying you're for trask so that that tells me we're we're trying to keep it straight down the middle and being objective and that's that's what we strive to do so uh the good news for both uh baker and kyle is you know they each had some plays today I think Kyle probably had a better practice up until up until the end. Yeah. Uh, it really had a tremendous highlight uh, throw today, and he's had trouble. And uh, again, we're just going like we see it. He's had trouble connecting with the deep ball. I think Baker certainly has an edge there until today. Tell us about it, Matt. Oh, it was it was beautiful. It was maybe the highlight play of training camp, at least in terms of the longest play. Uh, in training camp, and it was yeah. a, a nice little play action. Kyle Trask looking, looking, throws it deep to a wide open wide Mike open. Evans. Keenan Isaac was in coverage. He was not really that close to him. He was the yeah. uh, trailer on the play, if you want to say. And we've seen Kyle Trask gear up to throw that heave, that deep ball down the field. Yeah. And yes, Mike Evans was wide open, but he hit him perfectly in stride. The crowd erupted. It was a 50-plus yard play-action pass yeah. and touchdown to Mike Evans, maybe even 55, 60 yards uh, from our vantage point. But he hit Mike 
right on the button. Mike didn't have to move a muscle other than continuing his stride into the end zone. It was a fantastic play. It was the epitome of what this offense can be, which is body flow, body flow, lull you to sleep, tire you out, and then wham, take that shot, convert on it. And that's exactly which, as the passing game struggled today, that was exactly the, you know, the highlight or the peak that this offense can be when everything is working, when everything is clicking. So game for hitting the deep ball on that one. Yeah, and great timing by dave canales that's part of being a play caller is the timing it's right knowing when to take that that haymaker shot yes. and you saw your you know the running game started to get some traction right and and run the ball run the ball you know dump it off here run the ball run the ball intermediate pass here run the ball run the ball boom haymaker it just this this defense just got lulled to sleep with the running game and that's the beauty of it and that's why Dave Canales is so committed to it because it does create these opportunities when you catch the defense looking into the backfield, looking for that run. Boom, here comes the play action. Those safeties, the, you know, they got to slam the brakes on. They're, they're trying to sneak up on the run. And all of a sudden, that ball is going right over their head. I, Matt, I think you could probably say that that was an out of this world play, was it not? It was just oh, cosmic. It, it was. It got everybody going, which. If you have a Celsius energy drink, that can get you going. Of course, Celsius is the presenting sponsor of PewterReport.com, the official energy drink of this podcast as well. The Cosmic Vibe, one of its newest flavors. Of course, they're always churning out new flavors, which is really, really cool. But it's a sparkling fruit punch, so definitely check it out at your local uh, convenience stores or wherever you pick up a Celsius. Of course, sparkling lemon lime, the orange. Uh, we saw our guy Leighton Carter was drinking a sparkling lemon lime. I had that the other day. I had the peach yep. vibe this morning. But what I'm trying to say is that there's so many awesome flavors of Celsius. Zero sugar, no post-energy drink crash or jitters you might get with another company out there. So you need to know where to get a Celsius energy drink, just like Scott needed to know when he was in Canton, Ohio. Go to the store locator, punch in your address, and it will show you the closest geographical location where you can pick one up, whether that's your local convenience store, as I mentioned. Maybe it's a 7-Eleven or a Walmart or a Target. Or if you're going to Bucks Jets training camp joint practices next week, you can pick one up at your bodega. Bodega. And then once you start getting it and you want more because there's so many different flavors, get that variety pack. There's varieties of Spice of Life. You could pick it up by going to Amazon, saving some money with that subscribe and save. Have it sent to your residence every week, month, quarterly, even yearly if you want to. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official energy drink of PeterReport.com. And you know what? We love when you guys throw up the can of Celsius in the morning on Twitter and uh, and tell us what you're drinking. Make sure you, you tag uh, Celsius official. Uh, it's, it's always fun to see. So it's I always love those early morning scrolls. Uh, through Twitter and uh, sorry X now and um, old habits die hard X yep yeah. <laughs> and uh, and seeing what flavors y'all are drinking so this morning um, I say I've had two today at an Oasis vibe in the afternoon and this morning I had an orange that's my go to but nice. uh, it was you know it's always fun to see you Peter people drinking Celsius and we appreciate that very much thank you yeah no problem 
no doubt about it. Love our Peter people that drink Celsius. We love all of our Peter people, but we love you more if you have Celsius. Yeah, a couple other practice notes, real quick. Let's let's uh, stick with the trenches. We were talking about the play action and the run game and all of that, and a couple of, of noteworthy things. Uh, one of which was Ryan Jensen today. Yeah, so this was a very very pleasant surprise, Scott. When we split up and Baker threw that interception to um, to Devin White. I was over with the trenches watching the offensive linemen and, and defensive linemen. And, and I was jealous. Yeah. I'll admit it. <laughs> hey, you, you got to watch them the past couple of times. Yeah, so I did. It, yeah. it was good to switch it up a little bit. And, uh, you know, we had been talking about Ryan Jensen for uh, a little bit now. Obviously, it was a big topic of discussion on yesterday's show. It was this morning as well when I was co-hosting the Pat Naren show on WDAE, especially right. with great job with that too, man. Thank you You're so much. Killing it. I appreciate that. I appreciate all the love. Uh, a lot of the Peter people have been uh, saying on here and uh, on social media as well. But anyway, um, especially with Todd Bowles comments yesterday where he was like, yeah, I, I, I don't know when Ryan Chance is going to participate in 11 on 11. Well, it's like, yeah. you kind of got to figure that out soon. I know there's yeah. a little backup center competition going on with Robert Hainsey. And right. Nick Leverett, and that takes a little bit more importance than maybe it did a week or two weeks ago. But with Jensen, I go over there. I'm watching. I'm watching the guys get ready to go, and then I see Ryan Jensen locking horns with Deidre Sanat in a physical pass blocking versus pass rushing type of situation. And I'm yeah, thinking, a little one wow. on one. Yeah, yeah, a little one on one. I'm like, wow, Ryan Jensen's getting a little physical. He's actually participating in a drill that is a legit football move. So he had three reps overall. Two were against Deidre and Sonat, and one was against Pat O'Connor. So it went Sonat, then O'Connor, and Deidre and Sonat again for the second time. Yeah. His two matchups against Deidre and Sonat were pretty good. They were, it was more of a stalemate than anything else, but. Definitely didn't let Deidre Sanat get behind him. Um, you know, held strong, had a good first punch, kept the feet moving. Sanat pushed him back a little bit, but I, I wouldn't say it was damaging by any means. His best rep, though, was against Pat O'Connor. Yeah. Pat came charging in, of course. Friend he, of the program. Yeah, friend of the program. He, uh, you know, engaged with them, had good technique, and then did a little uh, pull and rip and put – Pat O'Connor, like, face first going onto the ground. I think yeah. the knees hit first, and he didn't land his fast face mask on the grass. But, you know, definitely got the better of Pat O'Connor in that situation. So it was really great to see that from Ryan Jensen. Maybe he's taking a couple more steps in that right direction. Uh, a couple other things of note from it. Matt Byler, I said, did a, a pretty damn good job on the defensive side. Will Golson started things off with a whoop, a little swim move right mm -hmm. away. I keep Chris Bermaning it right now i don't know why um and logan hall logan hall it was important to see he went up against aaron stinney i think that's mm -hmm. a pretty good matchup for stinney trying to make this team as you know top backup offensive guard right logan hall a lot more going to be asked of him especially with the collagia cancy situation a little bit up in the air in the moment obviously he'll he'll be back for the long haul of the regular season but logan hall winning a pass rushing rep against Aaron Stinney, I thought it was super important, especially because he parlayed that with a great rep on goal line with Joe Tryon Shoinka, where they yeah. stopped Sean Tucker before he could reach the end zone. And this was fun because it was goal line situation, mm -hmm. physical, hat on a hat, yeah. going at it. And um, the physicality was there and Logan Hall was there, which was even 
more important. So good to see Jensen. Good to see Logan Hall yep. make some plays. A very, very beneficial one-on-one pass rushing uh, situation for all the Bucks trenches. Speaking of beneficial, we just got a $5 super chat here from yeah. Bucks Basement. Thanks so much. In my opinion, this is an 11-5 and roster. The only things holding it back are very questionable quarterback play and huge concerns at head coach, which is why I think it'll be seven wins. You know what? Um, I always make my predictions after the preseason because I got to see what this team does, what it can do, maybe what it can't do against other opponents. So these three preseason games are really going to, I think, give us some more insight. You can only glean so much from beating up on, you know, your, your brothers in terms of yeah. uh, teammates. So I'm very anxious to see this preseason get kicked off, and it'll continue next week. Matt and Adam Slavon will be up in uh, New York, New Jersey, uh, in that neck of the woods to watch Aaron Rodgers. And We're going to be on hard knocks. Yeah, I was saying, and, and probably make <laughs> probably make some uh, hard knocks appearances there. So uh, that that's going to be fun, and that'll wrap things up here the following week against the Ravens in the preseason. So two home games, one away game, and. Uh, I, I just kind of think somewhere between seven and eleven. I think I think that that's kind of the window, and and maybe it'll be you know eight and ten. Maybe we'll kind of settle on nine wins or eight. We'll see. But I I don't think this is a a team that is going to be double digit losses. I I think that that uh, I, I'm not going to say double digit wins either. We'll see. But I'm trying to be a little bit more open minded and uh, and not so doom and gloom with with Tom being gone. Yeah, a lot of this hinges on what the quarterbacks can do, and that's why this preseason yeah. is so important, not just because of the QBs, but also Dave Canales has never yeah. called a play before. And yeah. I feel like at times we are overlooking that a little bit. I think sometimes we're also underplay. At the same time, he's both getting overlooked and underlooked yeah. all in uh, the same moment, as uh, Long Lost Glacier says. When in New Jersey, you have to search out some Celsius in a bodega. Yeah, bodega. that'll definitely be happening especially in uh, New York City, probably on that Friday in between yeah. the joint practices and the game itself. But this team is just, Scott, it's too talented to have yeah. double-digit losses. It, it's, it's still very much the same core nucleus as yeah. it was even before Tom Brady got there. It really is. Sure, there's different changes every single year, edge rusher especially, where you have Shaq and no more JPP and defensively on the line no more in Dominic and Sue, but like defensively that core nucleus is still yeah. there with the exception of a couple interchangeable parts. And if we're being realistic, as much as I like Logan Ryan, having Ryan Neal is going to be a way oh, better a upgrade, upgrade than Logan Ryan and, and Keanu Neal. So you're getting yeah. that quote unquote, Jordan Whitehead replacement from, yeah. you know, a season or two ago. And, and same with Kalijah Kansi. Yeah, Once this guy gets back, I mean, look out. I mean, he's, he's hell on wheels, man. We've already seen that just in a little sneak peek of training camp. The good news is walking without a boot just has a compression sleeve on that calf, no limp or anything. So uh, I think they're going to be cautious, maybe hold him out for the rest of the preseason. But I would be shocked if this guy's not ready to go. Another newcomer that's making some noise, Servasier yeah. Dennis. He just uh, is a steady Eddie. And when he's not a steady Eddie, he's a playmaker. So it's the, he he doesn't make bad plays. He's really, really good. And I, I think they're going to have to find a way to get him on the field too. Keenan Isaac gave up some touchdowns today, but he's got some some really interesting tools, kind of like Zion McCollum last year. And Zion's taking yeah. a big step up this year. You're not seeing the busted coverages and and the gaffes from Zion. Uh, he's he's making more plays this year and has a lot more confidence. And this guy's built very similarly to, to Zion yeah. McCollum. Tall, tall rangy, fast corner, uh, not as fast as Zion, but, but uh, he's, yeah. 
I, I Scott, I sorry, sorry, I don't mean to cut you yeah, off. Yeah. I, I love his length. I love I like what he brings to this team. I think I kind of heard him today too, because he made that interception and I was tweeting about him. I was like, I think he's gonna make this team. And then bam, yeah. he let up the whole the the home run ball to Mike Evans and allowed a couple of other the Matt Matera jinx. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, just with that though, it's not yeah. it's not a common theme, at least. Well, I hope it, and, and getting back to the trenches, we'll kind of put the bow on practice by returning to the trenches here. Yeah, yeah, Diaby, yeah, this guy. Yeah, oh my gosh, he had an absolutely amazing play, and we've seen it a couple of times. Um, it, it really stood out to me the first time they they did one on ones. Actually, I think it was the second full padded practice. They did one on ones, and Yaya Diaby. Bull rush Tristan Wirfs, 345 pound Tristan Wirfs. I asked him, I said, Are you are you 345 this year? You look even bigger. He's like, uh, you, you could write that. 345 <laughs> is fine. I think he's 350. And he's he's still like chiseled athlete and all this stuff. But but Yaya got into Tristan. This was a week or so ago, and literally kind of jolted him up, drove him back about three steps. And I don't think anyone has ever done that to Tristan Wirfs before. I don't, I don't even think Cam Jordan's done that to Tristan Wirfs. Now, Tristan, just being the savvy veteran he is, he did, you know, sink his hips and reset and anchor and stopped the bull rush right there. And that's where the youth and the inexperience and the, and the rookie comes to the forefront for Yaya Diaby. It's like, okay, you, you won half the rep. What's your finishing move, right? Is it club rip? Yes. Right? Is it dip and rip? What's you know? What are you doing to finish this to get by Tristan and get the sack? And he just hasn't figured that part out yet. But the, the bull rush is impressive. What he did today, and he's playing second string behind Joe Tryon Shoinka on the left side, like literally right behind him, and he's putting a lot of pressure on JTS too. Like I mean, that's that's pretty yeah. apparent. Yeah, I'll get back to Yaya in, in yeah. just a moment. But to the the point of Joe Tryon Shoinka. It's almost like with JTS, JTS has the finesse, the the swim, the rip and everything, but yep. he needed a little bit more of the physicality. He clearly yes. has the look and and the power to do it, where Yaya already has that bull rush, that strength in, yep. and then he just needs uh, the rip and and everything else. So it's funny if you just took a little bit from each of their games oh, yeah. and put it together. You, and, you'd have a potential Hall of Famer. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You'd have a potential Hall yeah. of Famer. They uh, want to see a little bit more finesse out of Yaya and a little bit more power out of, out of exactly. JTS. But, exactly. But Yaya took Brandon Walton and drove him like back. Again, same type of bull no, rush, forklift, yeah. forklift just, just stood him straight up and threw him down. And when he did, Nick Leverett came over to help, the who was playing right guard at the time, he came over to help and just like bowling pins, uh, yes, he, he got knocked wild. over too. So Yaya basically took out with one blow two of the offensive linemen for the Buccaneers. It, it and was, it was it that was play, and Vita Vea did something very similar to oh Cody Mouth, where there was like four guys on the ground. You were yeah. like, what the heck happened? Was this uh, you know, bumper cars or, or yeah. roller derby or something? And we all thought for a second because Vita was a little bit slow to get up. And we're like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, it looked like he was grabbing for his ankle. You're like, oh, a big guy with a lower body injury. Like, that's even worse. But he did get up and he sprinted off to the sideline. So, yeah. no I think, worries. I think he was just relishing in the fact that yeah, he maybe. looked like, around wow. and he saw these white jerseys on, on the floor, you know. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. You know, I mean, just <laughs> – 
complete yeah, annihilation. And this really, guy's doing it on, on a regular basis. I mean, he is. Vita Vea is just. Oh, he's having a great he, camp. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Pat O'Connor being the Hulk, but it's been clobbering time with Vita Vea. Yeah. On and on and on again. And the last thing I'll just say about Yaya Diaby, uh, we spoke to him on Saturday yeah. after practice, and I asked him specifically about what it's been like going up against Tristan Wirfs, who's literally one of the best of the best in this league. I know he's moving to the left side, but he's still yeah. a great offensive tackle. And Yaya's face lit up. It smiled kind of like like he knew something that we didn't know, obviously. Yeah. But it's almost like the Grinch in the animated version when he right. smiles, when he, yep. when he like starts doing everything. Yep. That was the face that Yaya made. And he said, I just want to keep going against Tristan Wirfs because he is so great. I want to, the only, I'm going to get better by just playing against him yeah. every single time. And I think you understand why. Uh, we also have a super chat from James McElroy. Thank you so much, James, yep. for this $5 super chat. James says, any changes to the wide receiver pecking order for three through five? You really want to see Tompkins get a shot, parentheses, even if Gage can go. Yeah. And I'm sure this and, and is a little I bit. I just moving. put this up, too. I, I, I want to put these back to back because Emily Kampa, hello, Emily, said the same thing. Uh, hi, everyone, Matt Scott. This may not go over well with all, but I'm hoping 83 makes enough of an impression where he could become wide receiver number three. So great minds think alike there between uh, Emily and uh, and James. Um, you know, I, I've kind of done some probing with some of my sources about this, and the only thing holding Devin Tompkins back from really becoming the number three in Tampa is his size. Mm. He's five seven, like 150 pounds, soaking wet. Yeah, there just is is not the track record for success of being a down in down out wide receiver at that size. I think his size limits him to a carefully used, opportunistic gadget type player. Whether it's an end around, a wide receiver screen, a go route, <laughs> you so know, he'll be like what everyone wanted Tavon Austin to be back. Yes. In the day. Yeah. Well said. Well said. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it just, he's, he's got a lot of fans in the building. He's making this team. He will be on the 53 unless all hell breaks loose for him somehow, some way in, uh, in, in the preseason. And he just falls apart. I don't see that happening. DT has got some of the best hands on the team. He's clutch. And we even saw that today where he had a, a quick slant touchdown, I think it was from Trask, rifled the ball in. Uh, yeah. In the small little little Devin Tompkins bodied uh, Keenan Isaac. It, it didn't go up for it and moss him, but just kind of like got small uh, and and caught the the ball and and then he spiked it. I mean, he's got a he's got so many fans in the building. Uh, he might be that wide receiver four. Um yeah. you know, and and I think that he will be maybe think Scotty Miller, but a more diverse, faster more explosive version. Able to run more routes, too. Able to run more routes. I was actually saying that this morning, too, because someone was like, is Devin Tompkins the next Scotty Miller? I was like, well, or is he better than Scotty Miller? I was like, well, I mean, Scotty was just known as running the the go route. Just down the field because he's fast. And Devin Tompkins has that speed, but Devin Tompkins can go, you know, over the middle. He catches everything. There's a lot more versatility to Devin Tompkins' game than, uh, than I think people realize. Exactly. So we have a special request here. Let's go back to this. As Rod Woodson said, I hate trying to tackle small jittery guys. And that's true. 
There's no doubt about it. Uh, let's see. We had a re special request here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Show the well, Trask Tompkins photo, please. Uh, I will dig this up. And, Matt, you can carry on for a minute. It'll take me just a second to load it up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, super straight cash says he has to get three to five touches a game. Yeah, I think he'll get a couple of manufactured touches just because we're going to see so much more motion in this offense. And maybe not necessarily trickery, but... Uh, we've seen a couple of jet sweeps and things of that nature. So I think that's something in the wheelhouse of Devin Tompkins. And the biggest thing is there you go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's a, that's an all time photo. Yeah. It's not Photoshopped. Um, that's, no. th 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 that's Devin Tompkins and that that's five foot seven, Devin Tompkins and six foot five Cal Trask. That's, has not been messed with or altered in any way. That's okay. the differential there. And so, um, Devin Tompkins is, is hard to hit cause he's so small, but at the same time, when he does get hit. I mean, <laughs> you yeah. pray for the guy cause he's, <laughs> he's a little guy, 150 pounds soaking wet is what I've been told. By the way, want to give a shout out to Mark yes, Fisher. Great says, you, Mark. Good seeing you all today. Why so much blitz trouble these guys have played before. Yeah, Mark, it was awesome meeting you today and getting to chat a little bit during practice and yeah, the, excuse me, the blitz is, is something at least from the offensive line standpoint, was something that I am still a little bit worried about, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. I think we saw it today. Shaq Barrett had a blitz. Well, he moved inside because the Bucks were blitzing and they moved Ryan Neal. They brought him up. He blitzed yeah. on the left side. Shaq, therefore, cut in. And the way that the Bucks read it on that right side of the offensive line, mm -hmm. Shaq had a free run at the quarterback, which was Baker Mayfield, on that specific play. And I just... I want, you know, teams will watch film in these preseason games. We'll see how the starters go in, in right. general for preseason. But early in the regular season, teams will see, oh, Gedeke and Malk are having issues handling the blitz on that side. If we just keep going that way, we're going to get home every single time. So that does concern me a little bit. I did ask Todd Bowles about what level is the offensive line at during this moment, whether it's run blocking, whether it's pass blocking, everything. And he said they're more than halfway there, which is, which is, I guess, pretty good considering there's a month to go before the start of the regular season if they're already past halfway there. I was actually a little surprised Todd Bowles even answered that because yeah. we, all, we all know how Todd Bowles is in, uh, in answering questions, especially at this time of the year. I think he's better in the regular season when there's yeah. a little bit more substance to everything. But, yeah, it's still a work in progress with the offensive line. Yeah, it is. And at the same time, too, I mean, the, the blitz is supposed to catch you off guard, right? It's it's yeah. a, you're you're expecting your guy to come at you and all of a sudden he's dropping. Now you got to figure, OK, well, if he's dropping, who's coming? Right. And so it, it makes you think on your feet. And as you know, as I've heard from Bucks offensive line, Tristan Wirfs has said it before. It's like if, if you can survive a Todd Bowles blitz period, you should be good to go for Sunday facing anybody yes. else. Right. Yeah. So that that's, that's also good. Yeah, that's the beauty of it is is that right there. And, um, you know, we'll talk about it now that that the team has kind of revealed it. Like there's a couple of, of things that, you know, we're not supposed to write about, one of which is, is trick plays. But but uh, there was a trick play. And since they showed it on a um, the latest Bucks mic'd up episode, I just watched it with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask where they, they mic'd up the quarterbacks. Um, there's a flea flicker where Chase Edmonds, you know, gets he gets like a toss play from from Kyle Trask and runs to the right and then and Trask kind of drops back 
and you missed this the other night at the the practice, uh, Matt. Um, it, we give Matt a day off, you know. I've, I was thinking, I, I was like, I don't remember this. I, I, have, I have a day <laughs> off tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's my day. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was a trick play. We're not supposed to write about him, but the fact that the Buccaneers put it on on their video allows us to kind of talk about it. So we will. And uh, and so it's it's a flea flicker, but it's not your t- traditional flea flicker where you hand the ball off, goes in the line, then tosses it back. It was a pitch outside. And, and you see Chase Edmonds then throw the ball back to Trask, and then Trask throws, and I want to say he threw a pass to, to Rakeem Jarrett. It was wide open. It was a big play. Fans went wild. It was nice that Dave gave the fans in attendance there for the night practice a little, little bit of a of a gimmick there. But, yeah, there's a little bit of trickery to this offense, a little bit of imagination, which is good. The other thing you missed, Matt, uh, by not being at that night practice was, was being on camera. There's myself yeah. and <laughs> Bailey Adams and J.C. Allen there. Uh, watching practice intently behind Kyle Trask. So uh, fun for all. By the and, way, Scott, you yeah. know who else was also at that uh, at that night practice? Who was that? Uh, that was uh, Eric Gross. Yeah, that's course, right, the, of course. Uh, the head man at the uh, Eric Gross uh, Realty Group. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we had Eric on the podcast last week. Great guy. And I think that the fans I actually had, um, um, I think it was, was Mark uh, Fisher, say, you know, hey, you had Eric Gross on and, you know, he was, well, he was really knowledgeable about the team. And th- that's what makes uh, the businesses that support Pewter Report fun is because they're all Pewter people. They're all, you know, on board with Pewter Report and with this team. And it was great to have that conversation with Eric. And it's a great conversation starter. You know, when you're getting a realtor, you're talking to a complete stranger until you get to know him. But having that that starting point. Hey, let's talk a little Bucks football and let's ask some questions about, you know, where you want to move to, where are you moving from, what kind of house you're looking for, what community. All of those things can start with that that initial conversation about your favorite team. It takes a full team effort to win football game and it's the same way in real estate. The Eric Gross Group has done hundreds of transactions in this real estate market here in in Florida, which is just exploding right now. And they've got experience in all types of situations. As we mentioned, Eric's a huge Peter Report reader and fan. He's also a Tampa native, so he knows this area. He and his team have got the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, and the commitment to excellent service that sets them apart. They've got a strong team of vendors, a network of over 85,000 agents, not just here in Tampa, but across the country. The Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into reality. Their clients are not just transactions. They're lifelong friendships, just like you Peter people. Let's let's get the stress out of buying and selling a home, right? They want to keep you in the game by taking that stress off your shoulders. Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Check out their website, housesinfla.com, or give them a call at 513-907-4271. That's housesinfla.com. Check out their inventory and their website. It's a fantastic website. No matter where you are in your homeownership journey, you'll feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Pewter Report. And hit him up if you want to talk about Bucks football as well, which would be super cool. So why don't we get a little bit into this uh, depth chart, Scott? Yeah, let's do it. Let's start on on offense uh, because, you know, why not? I mean, uh, the the news that J.C. Allen uh, from Pewter Report broke yesterday, Baker Mayfield getting the start. That is going to be for Friday's game. And then you'll see Matt up there in person, J.C., uh, broke the news that uh, Kyle Trask will be getting the start up there against the Jets. So let's look at the receivers here. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, 
No big surprises there. Russell Gage in at number yeah. three. Then you see Devin Tompkins right there in the same row on that second level with Trey Palmer and David Moore. So if the Buccaneers keep six receivers, it might come down to David Moore or Rakeem Jarrett there, don't you think, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is technically unofficial because yeah. I like David Moore early on. I haven't soured on him, but right. I'm not as high on David Moore as I once was. He's had a couple of drops here and there. Yeah. Um, I still think he brings a really important veteran presence to this team, knowledge of this offense. And Rakeem Jarrett has impressed over and over and over. He's had one bad noticeable practice, and that was yeah. because a number of drops. And then he came out the next day and just lit it up again. So – Obviously, my depth chart would be a little bit different than the than the Bucks depth chart, but they make the final decisions at the end of the day. So I'd probably switch out Rakeem Jarrett and David Moore. But yeah, I a lot too. of it makes sense. I, I think Trey Palmer. I think I to be honest, I feel like Trey Palmer is just getting the benefit of the doubt as the fourth wide receiver right now because yeah. Tompkins, as we talked about. Is a little bit too small. No offense to Devin Tompkins. Yeah. And everyone else is an undrafted free agent. So I just, right. in this weird way, I just feel like, oh, well, he's wide receiver four. He was drafted. Yeah. And it's like, that's that's not how it works. That'd be like saying, well, Victor Cruz shouldn't have gotten an opportunity with the Giants because he was right. an undrafted free agent back in the <laughs> yeah. day. And clearly ended up being one of their best receivers in team history. And I didn't even grow up a Giants fan. And yeah. I'm still giving him a shout out. So it, I don't it, know. It, I just, I, I feel like sometimes that gets in the way of things. Yeah. The tight ends, you know, looks at Kate Otten, Co'Keefe, David Wells. Wells has really been getting the number two reps, but yeah. Co'Keefe is going to make the team as a special teamer and primary blocker. Then it's going to come down to which of these guys in the other category, Payne Durham, Dominique Daphne, Tanner Tala, make the team as tight end four and which ones end up on the practice squad. I think, Maybe right now it's kind of neck and neck between Durham and, and Tala. Yeah. We'll see the offensive line that's been set for the longest time with the starters. Justin School, he's this year's Josh Wells. I think because he plays left tackle, he's going to be getting that swing tackle job. Brandon Walton has a chance to make it if he impresses at right tackle because he also has position flexibility yes. to play guard as well. Nick Leverett's making this team. He is a center, he is a left guard, he is a right guard, he is a left tackle on a pinch. He, he is very versatile. Then you've got Aaron Stinney. He really has to impress because he's pigeonholed at guard. He doesn't play center. He doesn't play tackle. He really just has to show out at guard and, and say, hey, I am I should be the guy that's that's in the game first. Yeah. Um, and Robert Hainsey's making it because he's the backup center, and he and Nick Leverett will, will rotate in there. Um, I, I don't see anybody else making it. Uh, you're looking at some practice squad guys, either it's Mulchin or Murray or Silas Danzi, unless one of these guys rises up in the preseason. The running back room, uh, interesting that Chase Edmonds is kind of uh, on top of Keyshawn Vaughn now. That was a little bit of a switch, but we we reported that Chase Edmonds in my SR's Fat Five on Sunday was really coming on, and you're seeing it reflected here in the depth chart. Uh, Sean Tucker just is behind because he missed so much time, but he's got a chance to stick as running back four. Yeah, I just I've never really been on the oh Keyshawn Vaughn has improved hype train. I just I I don't see him as anything more than running back three. And Chase Edmonds yep. has he's, looked pretty good. He's so looked I, really good. I think the Bucks are spot on with this depth chart. Yep. Defense uh, obviously Kalijah Kansi out right now, but uh, you can look at at those th those six players right there: Kalijah Kansi, Vita Vea, Logan Hall, Patrick O'Connor, Greg Gaines, William Golston. Probably going to be your six defensive lineman, right, Matt? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe Deidre Sanat, who was on the team last year, 
finds his way onto it. Um, Willington Prevalon! Willington like Prevalon! You know, was a practice squad guy last year, so yep. you'll probably see one or two of those defensive linemen make the, the practice squad this year. But yeah, they're, they're pretty much set in stone with the defensive line. Not, not yep. too many changes there. Not too many changes on, uh, you know, inside linebacker. You know, it's Levante and Devin and obviously Savasse Dennis has impressed. It's really just going to yep. come down to KJ Britt and Ulysses Gilbert and JJ Russell. Who's going right. to kind of duke it out for that fourth spot. Um, yep, never come down to teams for sure. And then outside linebacker, we've talked about those four making this team: JTS, Shaq Barrett, Yaya Diaby, yeah, yeah. and Anthony Nelson. And then possibly Jose Ramirez, who's looked good. But yeah. where's that extra spot going to come from? Is it going to be an extra DB? Is it going to be an extra outside linebacker where you have five? Are they going to keep five inside linebackers? It, that's all going to come down to special teams. Those last three guys on the roster: number fifty-one, fifty-two, fifty-three. Those are special teamers, and they're going to end up keeping the best players there. Cornerbacks, no surprise, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis. Dee Delaney, who's your starting nickel for right now, Zion McCollum, who is the first outside corner off the bench. Uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise here, Anthony Chesley. He's not made as many plays as Keenan Isaac. special teams, though. He had some speed. Yes. I posted a video not too long ago. It was like one of the first couple days in full pads, and yep. – it was Chesley as the gunner with two yep. guys trying to block him, and mm-hmm. he literally went untouched down the field. Yep. Untouched and got yep. all the way down. So if he's going to make it, it's going to be because of special teams. Yep. Josh Hayes has got a, a shot at making it. He's cross-training between cornerback and nickel. Same with Chris Izian, who is a little bit higher on the depth chart because he is a backup safety. He's also yep. a nickel as well. You've got Winfield and Neal, who have been playing outstanding football. Nolan Turner, ahead of... Kayvon Merriweather right now. It's just because Turner, I think, has got some experience in the system. He's making plays in the ball. We haven't seen the best of Kayvon Merriweather yet. Maybe the light comes on for him during the, the preseason game. Special teams, McLaughlin head of Blankenship. That's not a surprise. Uh, Devin Tompkins is your punt and kick returner as of right now. And then Palmer and White are the backups right now. So not a whole bunch of surprises there, but we'll see how it shakes out Friday night. Yeah, sure. I mean, Devin Tompkins, I think, deserves to get the the, the first crack at it since he was yeah. the the returner last season. And, of course, everyone's excited about Trey Palmer and that speed, if he can kind of translate it over to a returner as well. I haven't seen that yeah. too much in the brief amount of special team stuff they've done uh, right. in front of us. But that's why the games are the most important for a lot of these deciding factors. Exactly. And if you want a deciding factor in, in the financial world, go to Muni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Muni Financial, folks, it's it's the official financial company of Pewter Report, and it's where I've got all of my financial investments. So uh, do what I've done. Get in the game with the Muni Financial. It, it, they do simply more than allocate your assets. It's legacy planning, brokerage services, advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts. Find all the information you need at immuni.com or give them a call at 1-800-868-6864. That's immuni.com. Folks, we are that much closer to a Buccaneers football game, which will be taking place 
on Friday night. So in the meantime, please make sure you're following us on all of our social media and go to our website for our Bucks coverage because we have stuff all over the place. So please follow us uh, on Twitter, now known as X, Instagram, Threads, and Facebook. We are at Pewter Report. Our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV where we have a litany of topics. We have another show tomorrow at 4 p.m., breaking down practice, and then Friday after the game. So that's going to do it for us. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Hot. Burning.